0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Worldwide Knicks Podcast, your home for International Knicks Talk. Uh, Omar here alongside Alex and Rafa, per usual.
1: And guys, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, man. It's going to be a bit of a hopefully not too angry one. But, uh... Look, I'm good, but I'm better than the Knicks
0: <laughs> right now, you know, so yeah. Rafa is basically just, you know, you just exemplified what we're all feeling. Deep sigh. <laughs> Let's talk about it a little bit. So... How we're going to do this now and moving forward is we're basically going to have one of us talk real quick about each game before we get into the deeper topics. So this week we had games against Brooklyn, Chicago, and Denver, all losses. We'll have Alex start off with uh, what happened in the Brooklyn game.
1: Okay, man. Well, I was thinking the quarter by quarter with the Brooklyn game was, you know, it was fairly steady. It wasn't any huge blowouts in each quarter, like we had 33-28 start, which there was one point where I thought, oh, this is getting away from us a little bit. But quarter by quarter, it was actually fairly close. They won the first, we won the second, they won the third, we won the fourth sort of thing. So there was a lot of back and forth. There was no big gaps in the scores between quarters. So from that side of things, it was, it was pretty good. And obviously it was close at the end. We had a very kind of tough finish. To be perfectly honest, that that's what happens when you've got superstars. You know that that's, that's what they do. Thinking about the the box score, I know we don't put a huge amount into the box score a lot of the time, but from our perspective, we had so many good performances. This was the first game, wasn't it, after the Kemba thing, I think. So what we wanted to see was a reaction from that, kind of team coming together, a lot of good performances. Julius played well, Bucks especially. Obviously, he's been kind of thrust into that starting role. He played, played an excellent game. There was a lot to, to be positive about. Just, unfortunately, the way it finished kind of left a sour taste in the mouth. But it really felt like one that we could have got. And just desperate for that that first win over this this Spurkling team. I think it would just make a huge difference to the to the feeling in the city and, and just just the way we approach these games. We, we do kind of feel like we can compete with them. Had quite a few close games over the last uh, year or so. And we just need to get over that hump and... and and take our opportunity when it comes along, but yeah, it was it was a real sickener. But you know, it was it probably went the way it was it was always going to go. But but yeah, I just really wish we could just nick one of these games. I think it would give us a huge amount of confidence, just that that we are kind of up to that level. So people want to position this rivalry, but it's
0: not really a rivalry until we beat them, right? You know, and we yeah. haven't beaten them. That's that's the thing. You know, there was a lot of talk about officiating in that game. You know, that was sure, yeah, a big focus point with the last play on Mitch, the travel play, the by Harden that wasn't called, and and the technical subsequently on Julius. So a frustrating loss, you know, but also I think a loss that you kind of left feeling good about. That looked like a lot like last year's team, you know, that was out there. You know, they're playing defense, they're closing down on shooters. Julius uh, wasn't jacking up threes; he was getting inside, getting to the paint. But ultimately, yeah, it was uh, it was a loss, and you know you gotta gotta move on. Um, what were your quick thoughts on that?
2: I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It's it was a uh, it was after a great game against the Hawks, so we were coming. Okay, this this week will be a good week. We had a it was a good game against the Nets. It was a game of runs, and uh, we talked about this having a series like this in the playoffs would be amazing because the teams were really into it. It's not a people. Some people say it's a rivalry. Some others say it's it's not. But the players feel that uh, that emotion, and it was a good game uh, overall. We got uh, a bit unlucky with those free throws from Johnson, who is a terrible free throw shooter, but mm-hmm. hit both. Yeah, Fournier come up big as well. That shot at the last uh, last couple of seconds was uh, well, we expected a lot of shots from from him like that. So seeing him drop them even in that loss was uh, okay. Coming up, we're not coming up after that Hawks game. The changes with Kemba, maybe this is this will be a. I was expecting to be a good thing, uh, so I wasn't too demoralized after that game. So because okay, it was uh, one of those losses that okay it could have gone other way. So we had a good game against the Nets, but the rest of the week, yeah,
1: well, yeah, just just what Omar was saying about the refs' calls um, in this game. The thing that bugged me the most and. I get that kind of refs can make mistakes and, you know, there's bad calls here and there that, that kind of happens. And generally, and I know some people don't believe this generally, it kind of works its way out over the season that it's not you know, against one team or the other. The thing that annoyed me the most was that they have been getting credit all season for, for not calling silly little touch fouls and players that are, players that are looking for fouls and they did it in, they went back to their old ways against certainly Harden in this game. Again, we I've got a bit of a different opinion about kind of what, what Julius came out with afterwards, but...
0: Let's yeah, talk about it, Alex. That,
1: Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of people misinterpreted what, kind of what he was saying, and what he was basically saying was that, you know, because he was so big and strong, because of when he's driving with the ball, the refs miss calls. You know, it's not that the refs are saying, you're big and strong, you can take it. Uh, I'm not calling a foul here. But when a player hits a, a, somebody that strong, a, a on the arm, for instance, and it affects their shot, but, you know, they're so strong that they, the touch from the defender doesn't really show itself. You know, you're thinking about full speed in the the chaos of a game as a ref, You don't see that as much as if, say, Trey Young's driving to the basket and a defender touches his arm. Yes, he oversells it, but you know that arm's going to move, for instance, and the ref can clearly see that there's contact there. So that's where things get missed. And we've talked about LeBron in the past as well, about how LeBron always moaning about the fact that because he's big and strong, he doesn't get calls like he should do. Now, that's obviously a different argument. LeBron's LeBron but I think that's where it's coming from. I think that's what the refs were talking about and not just, you can take it, you're big and strong, so just get on with it. I think he he misinterpreted it. He even said himself in that quote, he said the refs said that they missed calls. You know, he didn't say it the way he said it, but people just took it and ran with it with one kind of way of saying it. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I can't believe I'm, I'm backing up refs here, but I thought that, that was a little kind of misunderstood by Randall. And it just became a bigger thing than it really should have been. But I could totally see where it was coming from. Speaking on a few
2: things you said, because uh, players like Trey Young, they sell it better. So if uh, there's a guy who sells it better, he gets more calls than a guy who doesn't sell it. So Mm -hmm. what what are the refs looking at? It's the selling, it's not the selling. And even, okay, Randall's a strong guy. So if you're a defender... You won't. Okay, you have Randall coming at you, and you have Triang coming at you the same way, because mm-hmm. Randall's a big guy, but he doesn't. He's not a guy who goes with uh, with force to the to, to the rim. As a few power moves, but he's a more finesse guy. Who tries to jump jump shot. So if you're trying a jump shot, if your get you're, your arms get touched, even if you're a strong guy, if you're trying to jump shot, it changes your shot. So mm-hmm. it has to be a foul. If you're going for the dunk and you get touched okay i mean it's it's different because you're going with power so it doesn't affect that shot that that, that way and if you look at it both randall and maybe rj just talking to rj as well mm-hmm. there are guys that go to the rim they're strong but they don't finish strong they try to finesse it a bit so mm-hmm. i mean you have to look at it because you won't get uh, back to, to the point where you, you have randall and trayon young coming at you i mean if i if it was me if i, I mean swatted it Trey Young this is the same force I was trying to at, at Randall, one of them would fail. So I would go with Trey Young in a different way, maybe less strong, maybe with not as much strength, then I would go to Randall because I need more, more to stop him. So I, I would give him even if he's stronger, I'm going at him stronger as well. So hmm. I, I get the point where yeah, you uh, the, the the fouls are not getting being called because I'm strong, but they're still fouls.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You see, I get both points.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely fouls, but my point is the fact that the refs are missing the calls, not the fact that they're not calling them. You know, yeah. they're definitely fouls, but it's just that they they can't see them in the in the flow of the game, in the speed of the game. They're they're missing calls because it's the defenders are bouncing off players and, and things like that that rather than it's... actually seeing the foul really clearly. It's a tough it's a yeah. tough it's a tough gig, but I mean the they can't. The intensity, you know, the intensity, no? the intensity yeah. of
2: that foul. I mean, that. I'm gonna well, take that
0: is- a, a different way, guys. Like, mm-hmm. if you're Julius and you're thinking, okay, if I play through, they're not gonna call it, like you said, Alex, because they can't see it because of his strength. It doesn't sure. look like he's been affected by the contact. Well, then he then he starts doing what we hate that Julius does, which is hunting for the foul and trying to oversell yeah. the contact. And then you still might not get the call anyway. So it's almost like a lose-lose situation for Randall in that aspect, I think, you know, where if he, continue, if he plays through it, they're not going to call these fouls that it should be called. But if he tries to sell it, you know, that's just kind of bad basketball at that point where you're not trying to score, you're just trying to get fouled. So yeah. that's, I guess, to me, the the most problematic thing
1: about it. And, you know, I don't know what the solution is, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's this is the thing. I mean, how, how, how do you think, I mean, New York fans who have been brought up in the 90s, 90s Knicks and things like that, how do, how do you think? We talked last week about, you know, would you like Harden on your team? And we mm-hmm. I think we all agreed that we wouldn't because that's not a brand of basketball I like to watch. You know, as you said, guys hunting fouls, popping. you know, it's well known that Harden's got more free throws than he has made baskets. Do you know what I mean? That, that kind of thing, I don't want to watch that. Right. You know, even if it means extra yeah. wins, you know, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd rather not, you know. But I mean, these New York fans, if 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 Randall starts or RJ starts thinking, right, I'm not getting calls here. I'm going to start flopping. I'm going to go into the thing, throwing myself about. How do you think New York fans would take that? If that, I mean, we've already had it a little bit with IQ. Uh, IQ started hunting fouls early last year. We saw that a lot, you know, going in and throwing his arms up. Sometimes he was getting it, but sometimes he wasn't. How do you, do you think fans would accept that? Probably not at first. However, winning cures all. So
0: yeah. if you're yeah. winning a little bit, I think I think you could kind of grow it. I'm sure if like fans in Houston might have not liked it when Harden was there at first. But then, mm-hmm. you know, it gets you get to a Western Conference final within the game of the NBA finals, you tend to forgive some things after that, you know? I mean that's just my takeaway, but yeah, of course, ideally, New York fans want to see guys like you know play like John Starks and Anthony Mason you know, uh, sure. which
1: is aggressive, hard nosed, and you know, not like I mean, weak uh, for lack of a better term. I mean, just just uh, taking parallels into into soccer or football, mm-hmm. like back in the eighties, nineties, we in in the UK anyway, we we had a big thing like nobody dived at all in football looking for penalties or anything like that it was big no-no you know like that's not the traditional way that's not the way we should be playing the game and then you know maybe any english listeners might not like this but you know take the example of of maradona's hand of god for instance you know he what on the face of it cheated you know but maradona was a player that got kicked up and down the park you know People would like use the the studs and things rake you know down the back of his calves uh, his calves would be bleeding and bruised by the end of games, and he yeah. just thought right I'm gonna just be cute here he his actual quote I think was I did not cheat it was using my cunning and craftiness to 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 kind of to kind of uh, bend the rules and you know get away from the ref
2: that's what Harden has said
1: over the years, right?
2: Yeah, he's but,
0: like, I'm just bending the rules, you know. But, but that but is he's... something
2: that's something that the NBA, I mean, that's something you see from older uh veteran players, savvy players, mm-hmm. right? So but there are some moves, for example, Chris Paul with the with the swipe of the hands, oh, that he's a veteran. That's him hunting for a foul. But then you you don't allow other players to use that savviness. I mean when you uh, the flop it's Yeah, it's embellishment. You're going for the play. So when Trey Young just uh, embellishes the foul that he, he's uh, committing, that's a flop. So you see it's some things they allow, some things they don't allow. For, to some players, they need to threaten the, those, those rules. Uh, yeah, it's a lack of
0: consistency, right? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, the big thing.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think in, in the NBA, certainly, it's exaggerating the, co- the call. I mean, for instance, it's generally always a foul but they're just telling the refs, this is a foul, okay? Whereas in football or soccer, it's you get actual dives where there's no contact at all. That I haven't really seen in the NBA, where there's no contact at all, So, but they're actu- actually flopping. I mean, when they say flopping, I don't see it a lot where there's absolutely no contact at all. Usually what players do is they'll go and hunt the contact, and actually create the contact then it's up to the referee to decide whether that's a, a foul or not but you don't generally see somebody with no contact at all just flopping mm-hmm. like that but it has just come from as i say a soccer background where you know it's a part of the game which i didn't like at all but i just i just find it interesting as to as to whether fans would accept it you know we're saying oh he's not getting randall's an honest player he's not getting calls but then if he starts to sell it or starts to exaggerate things, you know, as to how, what the reaction would be, especially to, if it turns into wins. To close this topic out, I think that what's so funny
0: is like the way it is right now, which is Julius playing through and then complaining about it afterwards is probably the way for the fans to embrace it the most him the most because it's like oh because they they, you know people love this like underdog mentality this them versus us thing he's just like but he's like yeah look at our guy and they're they're not giving the benefit of doubt and i think somebody shared a poll of what twitter fan bases complain about the refs the most online and Mm -hmm. uh, we were number one
1: so uh, (laughs) that's just a testament to how big our fan base is too i think but What what it also does is put uh Put, put that in the mind of the refs for the next game as yeah, well yeah yeah start to start to level you know up
0: and... in american football that happens a lot like give a quick example before we talk about this bulls game quarterback for the um, baltimore ravens lamar jackson very athletic and a dynamic player but he started making comments like yeah i never get these penalties called against the defense when i get hit uh, all this time and next week sure is the sure thing what happened you start getting those calls. So, you know, there is, there is some element to that uh, as well. Let's move on to the Chicago game. Uh, this was um, a weird game, right? You know, it's uh, another classic. Knicks start getting smoked early. You know, they let up 37 points in the first quarter. And eventually, had a great third quarter where the Bulls only scored 20 points, but could not get it done late. Uh, dropped that one 119-115. to 115. A overall, a really good game from Julius. 30 points, 12 rebounds on 14 of 21 from the field. Not one attempted three, which I thought was uh, interesting. But to me, the story of that game, a lot of people were focusing on missed free throws and a late turnover from Julius that ended up costing the Knicks. I looked at it more as like, that was Alex Caruso. Like, Alex Caruso had himself a great game. You know, he's just everywhere. The dude's a pest. I mean, like... He's playing the passing lanes. He's getting rebounds. He's making all these plays. And ultimately, the Knicks paid for that game that I felt was winnable. You know, I think when we were making our predictions, we kind of felt that, you know, maybe we wouldn't beat the Nets, but the game against Chicago felt winnable, you know, and and they were in position, but just couldn't get it done. And, you know, DeRozan had a great game, 34 points. Now, Levine had a great game as well, but, but yeah, to me, that was, that was the Alex Caruso game. And, you know, the, I, I do think though, RJ was not playing that game. He was out with the, with the illness, uh, non COVID related. I think if he was in there, you might've had a little bit of a better chance to win just defensively, you know, having a, a long bodied wing to throw at the Rosen and Levine here and there, I think might've helped a little bit, but what were your guys thoughts on, on that game?
1: Covered a lot of what I was going to say there, but, I mean, Caruso, for instance, was it six, six points plus 21? That's Frank Nalakina numbers there. <laughs> they, um, yeah, yeah, we, we talked before uh, recording about, about Levine, about how he's quite, you know, he, he you always, he always can say, I haven't actually seen Levine in this game. And then you look at the box score and he's got like 25 points, do you know? He just, he's, he's such a kind of effective quiet effective player and which is strange given all these his dunks and things like that from the dunk contest you know you, you think he's his flashy player but he's actually quite a kind of quietly effective player and I think that's amazing like we, I, I can't remember what you guys said at the start of the season about the Bulls but I got them completely wrong yeah um, same, here. same here my man. hands up I saw I didn't see the fit with the Rosen and Levine I didn't see that well the horrendous defense of uh Vucevic and and DeRozan. <laughs> I saw that I didn't terrible effort level usually with DeRozan. I mean actually <laughs> DeRozan's obviously is is always been a, a really good offensive player, but just the effort level in defense is, is usually zero. I don't particularly rate Billy Donovan as a coach. I, I just couldn't see the hype at all uh, with that team. This guy that they've drafted seems to be a great defender. Hadn't previously accepted the the Caruso hype, and that seems to be real as well. So I, th- I think maybe I, I let my my Bulls' hatred kind of get to me at the start of the season, and that I, I was looking for something. I was looking for a reason to, to doubt them. So, yeah, it does seem, does seem real. We'll go on and talk about their game against the Nets as well. They just seem, I mean, maybe they'll just be a really good regular season team. And then the ceiling play. is low. The ceiling yeah. is low,
0: right? They have no interior presence, and
1: that's going to hurt yeah. them in the playoffs against teams like the Bucks and Sixers. Yeah. Once the defense gets ramped up in the playoffs, I think they might fall, fall, fall flat a bit. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was just I was really impressed by by them. So yeah, I can't really see much more. I mean, the the Vucevic, you know, he obviously got lots of points, but he, the way he, he, abused he was defended was Mitch, he Abused Mitch so badly yeah. on the perimeter
2: that the, uh, the Mitch thing because we saw that it's the game plan. Because if it when Mitch was out and Randall played a bit of a five down the stretch, Randall was preoccupied with Levine not penetrating and still he left Mitch open so not Mitch, uh, Vucevic open. So that was the game plan. So we, you can't blame our centers because if that's the game plan, they're following the game plan. So they're doing what the coach asks of them. So we're just hoping that players missed the three-pointers. And yeah, they can miss, but if they keep hitting them, maybe we could change that game plan. Uh, I don't know, just trying to prevent those open threes because he was getting open threes. I cut you off, Alex. You wanted to, to finish something?
1: No, the only thing I was going to say was it. it's clear that, like, Mitch can't – and I know that was the game plan of staying in the paint but he, he can't – in his current uh, fitness, whatever it is that's wrong with Mitch, but he can't get out at all fast enough to the three-point line. So we've yeah. not, I've noticed quite clearly in a few different games, the game plan's obviously to have – if you've got a shooting centre, then – yeah, stay out there. Drag Mitch out of the paint uh, if the pass is on. Because once once Mitch comes out of the paint, then there's no rim protection. Yeah, he can't. Obviously, he's not he's not fast enough anymore to get out and close down a, a shooter on the perimeter. So there's a serious problem there. Um, either they hang a, a shooter out in the perimeter and he's open, or uh, Mitch gets dragged out and the the paint's free. So I I, I don't know the solution to that. So and it's clearly
2: being targeted at the minute, and I don't know. Yeah, I just uh, this these two games just showed showed me something. Down the stretch, we didn't, we still don't have that that closer that we need to to have those guys pick up the ball and score the points when we need it. The Rosen did it for the Bulls, and uh, Durant did it for the Nets, and may, maybe wanted Kemba or Fournier to do that, but it, it didn't work out. Still, so. Maybe we can get that uh, moving forward, man. And uh, then what we had the Nets game, uh, the Nets, the the, the, the Nuggets game. Ooh. What a shit show! It uh, was really bad. <laughs> I mean, th- we allowed Denver to score 30 points in uh, the first three quarters, 30, 30, 32, which was outstanding. But we, still, we so we just let that lead grow and grow. We, I think we we. We never, never had a chance to win this game. This was the worst game of the week. Uh, we struggled all the way throughout. I mean, we never we never led the game. We tied the game twice, maybe at the beginning. So it was uh, really bad. We, we tried a lot of threes. We started just falling behind and we go on missing threes. RJ was one from seven, coming back from three. I mean, we were not good offensively and we were terrible defensively we just couldn't stop Jokic at all and of course we couldn't stop the another career high against the Knicks Najee or whatever how you call it yeah Naji. say it Najee and by the way Najee was a plus 22 in that game the next kept on getting next, shots man kept on getting yeah, open looks hitting I them. mean plus 22 the other guy was Jokic with plus 12.
0: 32 points in 27 minutes for Jokic. Crazy. Yeah,
1: It is so good. Really. They, they mentioned in the commentary about that that Najee guy that I think he was shooting, I, I know it was a very small sample size, but he was shooting like 50% or something for the season. And even if it's a small sample size and the guy hits his first one, you don't let him hit a second, third, fourth, fifth one. You know, you just you shut that down. I mean, I mean, yeah. Naji
2: scored. Uh, he said he had a seven from 13 from the field. So he had 58, uh, 53%. But then you look at Jokic. Uh, his field goal for this game was 73%. I mean, 73, we couldn't stop him. And uh, it just what can you do? We we basically tried the threes to come, to come back and uh, everything went badly. I mean, we didn't have ball movement. We didn't get... Shots, nothing, nothing was going on.
0: Can I say something real quick about Denver though? What a waste of space is
1: Aaron Gordon.
0: <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Terrible fit I've one.
0: always not been a huge fan of it. I always thought he was overrated in Orlando. <laughs> the stat line, five, two, and one in yeah. 25 minutes. Like Might I get it. It, you know, Jokic was doing everything, but but I'm just like, come on, man. You're like, you're supposed to be this big contract player. And you can't do anything. You know, it's it just like, a team
1: that's not defending.
0: <laughs> right. I guess a team that is like clearly did not come up for, for this game. And it was, it's so frustrating because the three games prior against Chicago, Brooklyn, and Atlanta, you know, they're getting out to shooters. The defense was, was getting better. And then they just like totally took five steps back in this Denver game. I don't think we need to talk too much about it beyond that, but it, it was just a shit show. It, it's just kind of one of it those was. games. You get done, you just throw the thing away. You know, it, it's yeah. over. Uh, So let's uh, let's leave it at that and not talk any more about that game. (laughs) Uh, All right. So so it feels like this happened like a month ago now because so much other shit has happened. But uh, this past week, the Knicks benched Kemba Walker. Tibbs took him out of the rotation, inserted Alec Burks in the starting lineup, which is funny because I think we were talking about that uh, on our last episode a little bit about yes, the we potential <laughs> of uh, yeah. Alec Burks starting. And lo and behold, we are we are Nostradamuses, and That's we've uh, you know we've uh, it has happened. So Tips is Omar, listening. Yeah, Tibbs is definitely listening. <laughs> um,
1: Omar, Omar, I think the way it went down was: Do you think you said, Do you think they'll bench Kemba? And me and uh, if I both said. Nah, yeah, <laughs> no yeah. chance. So I was trying to
0: give it to you guys and make you guys look good. And, you know, because I had believed that it was coming because the defense was so bad and Tibbs loves defense. I guess the big question, guys, do you think this was the right move?
1: Well, obviously, the, we've not won the last three games, but since, or any games since, but those, I mean, those games have been tough games. Do you know, against the Nets, the Bulls, and against... The Nuggets, it's still the MVP that's on the floor. Do You know, it, it's not exactly easy games, but I mean, certainly in, that, in the in the 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 Nets and the Bulls games, the the effort level seem to have been ramped up a lot. Uh, the defense seems to have ramped up a lot. Which actually, I was going to ask you that earlier. I forgot that. How how do you feel about that? Where the effort level is not coming uh, happening. And then they drop a player and suddenly the effort level's there. As a fan, do you you find that really annoying? Or the fact that you're like, well, you should have been... The effort level is something that should be there no matter who's on the floor. The whole sulking, the Randall doesn't seem to be sulking anymore. You know, everybody seems a bit happier and you're like, well, you're a professional, you know, you're a leader. You should be doing that in every single game, not just the ones that you feel like you should be doing it.
0: Um, I took that as a wake-up call for Julius personally, because he was probably looking at it like, all right, yeah, you know, we're the starting five. We got this guy, that guy, whatever, you know. And then you, you, t- I mean, it's, it, it speaks volumes when you have a player, granted, not at his former level of play, but he's a former All-Star that you just take completely out of the rotation. You don't even put him on the bench unit. And to me, that's like a wake up call. Like, all right, well, I gotta sort this shit out, you know. And I guess that's how I took it. I mean, it is still frustrating. It's like, oh, you had this effort level. Where was this this whole time? But I just kind of look at it as, you know, is it more of a wake up call? Like, all right, I, well, I gotta be serious now.
1: Yeah. Do you
2: guys think that this is at something to do with the, that uh, supposed meeting that people, some people, some players say they were unhappy with the offense. And so, I don't know, but is that, I, we don't know who was it, we don't know who it, what was said. It must
1: but, be, yeah. I mean, um, it must be, it, it can't be anything else because they, they talked about leading players and, and it, it must have been coming from at least Julius that basically saying, you know, this has to change because I, we talked about it last week about how it's just not Tipsy's way that, that he gives up on something that early the other thing that I thought came out of it was, well, this is this was the the Kemba from last year. I mean, this is what Kemba is now. I mean, it's not as if it wasn't advertised when they signed him, either. It wasn't a Tibbs move. Tibbs didn't sanction the move in the first place, which is a possibility, but I doubt it. I mean, you got so many smart guys here now. I mean, what what did they really expect? You know that. Yeah, Tibbs could have turned around his defense, but he's going to need more time. In which case, what why did you give up on it so early? Must have come from like basically Randall or somebody just saying, you know, this has to change. Because they've invested in Randall as the at the moment, anyway, the franchise player. So if, if he's going to whoever and just saying we need to get him out of the starting lineup, then it must be that, as far as I'm concerned. I, I just can't see any other explanation for. it. My issue is that it's not, it wasn't just Kemba, right?
0: Like Julius, yeah, he, he's taking a step back, but he's had good games. So, you know, leave him out of it for right now. Mitch, you, like you mentioned, Alice, the fitness is not there. The agility is not there. He, he doesn't know, how, and he's still recovering from an injury, which he, you know, makes sure to let people know about on Twitter whenever they criticize him. Um, RJ has not been playing well just period you know I was hoping for like a little bit of a leap but it hasn't happened Fournier has been incredibly hot and cold so which I guess you expect from a a guy like Fournier because that's kind of who he is right he's a he's a streaky player but all those elements are why you know it's not working it wasn't just Kemba and he granted you know Alec Burks gives them another dimension defensively you know he's a, a bigger player who could who could uh switch out uh, in Tibbs' defense a lot better than Kemba can because Kemba's six feet tall and has lost a step. So that's just math. But, but yeah, that's the thing is, it's just like, I just don't think that it was all on Kemba like some people are making it out to be. Granted, his plus-minus was atrocious. I mean, it was like minus 122 on the season or something like that. You know, and granted, you know, you could only take but so much plus-minus, but even offensively, you know he wasn't giving you the same spark. He he wasn't breaking down the defense like you would like him to break down the defense because, like you said, Alex, he's just not the same player. But what I kind of wonder now is is he just going to be on this roster for the rest of the year, or are they going to try and trade him after December fifteenth once he's eligible to be traded?
1: I think they I think they're waiting for maybe a, a big move so he can his salary can be used within a. A package deal i can't see mm-hmm. him just getting traded for another eight nine million dollar player it's a, it's a pound, it's a, eight nine million dollar player do you know that that wouldn't make sense to me because what are you going to get for eight nine million dollars in the league right now that's Surge of data? Like, i mean next you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, so I, I don't see it we need that
2: i think it it comes out to because as you as alex said you said it Tips giving up, giving up so early on Kemba makes it look like Kemba was really an experiment. When you look at it, okay, when, when you decided uh, in Burks over Bullock, that's, that, that helped because uh, Kemba was available out of nowhere. I think they, let's try it out. It's a friendly contract. Let's see how it works. And it didn't work. And so Burks was in immediately. And I think Burks isn't, isn't a long time solution. Is it's, it's a patch. So we're still struggling to get a point guard. And we will that move we will uh, look for is for a, a point guard, a starting point guard for now. Or we just say the heck with it and start quickly. Because what do we have to lose? starting. A, I mean, just to get him out there. We, maybe we said it was too early, but we because the expectations for the fans are really high. We don't know the expectations the team has. Maybe the, the, the team says it's okay to be a seventh or a eighth place. We wanted more, but maybe they're okay with it. So start quickly, and I agree, mean, Quickly, Kemba wasn't uh, the 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 only problem with the team. It was a problem, but it wasn't the only problem. And our uh, Mitch isn't uh, still isn't fit. And when he plays, you see he struggles. Noel, when he plays one, misses two because he's not fit. Gibson uh, is not fit as well. Sims had a good game, got injured, so we don't have centers to play and when burks came in okay let's change this uh kemba was uh is out let's start burks rj got injured because rj got a uh, had a nice game with burks against the hawks but then m- missed two games and had this game coming back but he, he was still not great he was minus 17 against the nuggets so it was terrible i mean we had a lot of yeah, a lot of movement and we t- t- 20 games in we have to adjust again to another, a new point guard, another way of playing. So it's, it's not ideal, but let's see if this, this works moving forward.
0: And that gets, gets us into the topic of the teams look really bad. lately. you know, this year by comparison, I guess, by expectations, you know, they're a game under 500 now, 11 and 12. And do you guys think it's time to kind of panic here? You know, we're about a quarter of the way through the season you know playing under 500 ball just got smoked by denver you know do you guys think that it's it's time is cause for concern or do you think they just still need a little bit more time yet
1: oh def- definitely more time i mean it's I had my prediction at the start of the season was 45 wins i think which is obviously just a little bit above 500 right. um we've had a really tough stretch as well a uh, really tough schedule last last week or so the schedule's opening out a little bit now Good, 15, was it fifteen games or something? We looked at the other day, and yeah, there was like the, like the Warriors and and uh, somebody else was on it. Bucks, I think yep. that you know are a real are a real struggle, but you know there was some real winnable games in there. So absolutely it needs it needs more work. I mean, I don't really don't want to see any kind of panic moves at the at the you know once the trades open up. Even guys like Knox, I mean, it's like. Yeah, if you package Knox and to get Kemba together, you know salaries get you a half decent player, but who's gonna want those two players? Do you know, it's not just a case of making salaries match. We've seen some, we've seen some ridiculous trade proposals over the years uh, on Twitter. You know that. <laughs> yeah, my reply to I've got a copy and paste reply just because the salaries <laughs> match doesn't make it right. Do you know yeah here's all our rubbish players uh, their, their salaries add up to like 30 million so let's trade all our rubbish players for lebron or ed or something like that you <laughs> know it's infuriating and the other thing that next fans when probably all fans do is over overvalue uh, first round picks i mean first round mm. picks are fantastic when when you're down at the bottom but we're pushing for playoff teams now. You know, these picks are in their 20s. Do you know that they're, they're not that valuable? So, I mean, I mean, what kind of trades are you really going to do, realistically? Right.
2: By the way, Knox was a high pick. So, <laughs> Knox, Aquina. <New> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only yeah.
1: picks that
0: matter are really top five picks. I mean, let's be honest. That's just the way the NBA works. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, you, you could find, like, a Donovan Mitchell in the late lottery or – you know, a Giannis, which is like, you know, the rarest of rare finds, you know, in the middle of the sure draft. <laughs> yeah. Second round pick. Yeah. So, yeah. but for the most part, your top end talent in the league all comes from the top five picks in the draft. So that's, you know, that's just the, the way the league is. So yeah, to, to your point, it's like not every 20 something pick is going to turn into a manual quickly, you know, mm-hmm. so, or Tyrese Maxey for that matter, his old teammate at, uh, at Kentucky, but but yeah, it's just, you know, I don't think it's time to panic either. But where do you, who do you guys place the blame on? Though? Like, is this like a Tibbs thing? Or do you blame the roster construction? Or is it just the players not performing up to their capability? Or is it
2: just a mixture of all three things? Uh, uh, so I think it's a mixture because the players aren't, I mean, the game, I think the game plan needs a bit of change. I mean, it's clearly not working this year. And we need to – we just keep the same game plan. We're getting smoked, and it's every – when we get smoked, it's always the same way. The guy we leave open, we could leave open for the entire game, smokes us. I mean, if that happens more and more, we just we, – our defense can't rely on guys missing open shots. You know what's funny
0: is – you know what team in the league this year is playing the offense and defense to some extent the same way the Knicks did last year? Chicago. Like Chicago isn't jacking up a bunch of threes, just like the Knicks weren't jacking up a bunch of threes, taking a lot of mid-range, and like DeRozan's hitting those shots, Levine's hitting his shots, Lucevic is hitting his shots, and and defensively they got just the ultimate pest in Caruso. And it just reminds me a lot of the team that we watched last year. And this year we're like we're going all in on these analytics, and yeah, well, we want to shoot more threes and all this, but shots aren't falling. The defensive scheme is giving up open threes to, you know, lesser players, but they're hitting them, you know, whereas last year they were missing. them. So, you know, you, part of that, you could just say, oh, it's just unlucky. But another part of it is, well, you know, maybe you got to adjust your scheme a little
2: bit. But that's, that's what I I, I think was the last part I was saying. uh, I mean, if your offense uh, works, it puts more pressure on the other team as well. Because when you're shooting, uh, from 10 behind you have more pressure to shoot oh let's make this a close game when you're shooting from 10 or 15 up i mean you're more comfortable getting getting the shots going and getting you getting your rhythm and you start knocking that down more and more this year we settled so much more for for three pointers because last year they we we weren't uh, supposed to be a great three point shooting team and we were knocking down three pointers and i we uh tip said at the beginning of the year, let's go for three pointers. When so players are getting, they're getting some open shots, but the shots not falling, like you said, Omar. And we're continuing. Okay, they will, they will fall. But what if, what if, what if they don't? Because it gets in players'
1: heads. I mean, the plan for Kemba was that you know he was going to become this just kind of three-point shooting machine. Do you know that Randall was going to still be bringing the ball up, but but Kemba was going to be there as a you know. 20, 30 point a game score just from pretty much from range, you know, rather than getting to the basket. So that's that hasn't worked out. Fourney is a good shooter and has off and on, you know, had these good games from certainly from three, you know. So clearly the emphasis was more on more shooting, but it, it mm. should have been as well. Um the because the, the shooting last year was dreadful for a lot of the time. RG supposedly took our leap from shooting as well. Uh, certainly from three anyway, and you know maybe maybe Obi can make that that leap as well, but it's there's just something not clicking right now, and there's you can see that, that what frustrates me is is when, when Randall goes back into his his ISO ball kind of game, if that's the actual what what Tips is calling. That's fine, okay, that's on Tips, but if Tip if Randall's doing that off his own back and it's against the game plan, then that's that's really annoying to me that Tib- Tibbs needs to put a stop to that. You know, yes, he's he's the highest played player on the team, but Tibbs has to keep keep a control of that and keep the game plan working because surely that's not the game plan. Surely Tibbs doesn't draw up on his whiteboard, just give the ball to Randall and let him do whatever he wants. Do you know that? That can't be it. <laughs> you know, Tibbs is better than that. So, yeah, I think Tibbs has to take a bit of the blame for it. So one
0: thing that kind of uh, that kind of brings us to the next thing, which is you talked about Kemba, you talked about Fournier. You know, obviously this team acquired offense, understanding that that's probably going to come at the cost of some defense. You acquire Kemba Walker to replace Alfred Payton, and so much as much we hate Alfred, Alfred Payton, he's a better defender than Kemba Walker, at least just on the on the virtue that he's just bigger, you know, and it just allows for more versatility that way you get rid of Reggie Bullock and you bring in Evan Fournier, a better offensive player, but a step back defensively. Are we ready to have the conversation about did the Knicks front office miss on free agency this year?
1: I really, at the start of the season, I really liked what they did. You effectively had two teams, solid players at every single position. Yeah, there was no, there was no real difference makers. There was no stars, but there was no stars or difference makers out there to trade for. I mean, who did we really miss on? Schroeder. I don't think would have been a lot better than what we've got. So, I I mean, Lonzo, maybe. Lonzo was expensive. Lonzo and
0: DeRozan are like the the two people that people continue to bring up. But you couldn't have brought both of them in. You would have had to sacrifice probably signing Alec Burks or one of the other guys they re-signed in addition to not bringing in Fournier and Kempa. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, that's it. I mean, it's... it's obviously the benefit of hindsight, but I I, I don't I, I wouldn't have liked to seen that, that I, I would have been going crazy if we'd signed the and and Lonzo to to that on those contracts.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. and those contracts are, are more than likely not to to age well. I don't think Lonzo's been especially that the Rosen contract. That that's yeah. not going to age well. Yeah. Lonzo Lonzo deal possibly you know because he's still aging his side, but. Yeah I, yeah, I, I don't think that would been a good fit. I think Tips loves a kind of point guard that kind of penetrates the pain. That's not Lonzo. I, I don't know if they would have been a great fit at all on a Tips team. Um totally all for Tips. I was going to bring this up earlier. Like, I, we've got to, you've got to just trust Tips to, to, you know, to work it out. The wealth of experience that guy has, he knows inside and out. He's turned the franchise round in just a very short space of time. And I think we talked last week about, you know, players and certainly tips that deserve, because of what happened last year, extra time. And yeah, that's that's what we need to give him. We just need to trust him to work it out. Yeah, there's little bits here and there that we don't agree with him, but in the whole, I think we just have to put our trust in him. That's just my opinion. So I, th- I think... Yeah, we just need to let it let it go for a little bit, and nothing too drastic changes.
2: Like I said before, Kemba just feels like an experiment because he was available out of nowhere, mm. and we just tried because we didn't have anyone else. Because who who else was available for, for point guard for be a starting point guard for our team? Because uh, there was no one, and I was just looking at the future free agents point guards. Um, Nobody. I mean, I mean, look at you're paying eight million for Kemba. Toronto is playing 18 million for Dragic, and Cle- Cleveland's paying 17 for Ricky Rubio. I mean, It's a lot of money. I mean, yeah. the other guys available: John Wall, Westbrook, Irving. They all are, have player options. So, are we trade for someone? And I, I don't know who will who is available to start. Or I mean, I
0: mean, like if you're trading for someone, the only name that really comes to mind, even though he's injured right now, is Colin Sexton. You know, like that. He seems he's probably gonna be available for next year. How much but are you yeah. gonna pay
2: him? Oh, he
0: he's a max player. I mean, let's let's be honest, guys. I mean, you might not like him, but I know Rafa's not a big fan. But you know, it's I mean, just. A, he, but he's gonna command twenty five plus per year.
2: So you can't keep everybody that you have. That's the thing. no, you
0: gotta, you gotta get rid of people. That's the thing about it, right? Yeah, you, you you get Kemba on the
2: cheap because of that.
0: The thing too is one thing I want to highlight before we move on to uh, our game picks and stuff is the Knicks drafting have done really well the past couple of years. Obviously, oB and quickly this year it seems like they've they've struck gold with Grimes in terms of overall value where they got him at. He seems like he's going to be a rotation piece. It looks like he can be a, a adequate one right now. Sims has had good minutes and McBride has been tearing it up in the G League, and I think if you were to free up uh, a roster spot by trading Kemba Ornox at some point this year, you know, he's, he slots in as your 10th or 11th guy. So you would think like, okay, the future is bright there, but like maybe they just kind of missed on these, uh, on these experiments. But yeah, ultimately I think Kemba was a reactionary move not to, because they, I think they wanted either ball or Lowry. And Chicago and Miami went ahead and tampered to get both of those guys. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 you're like, okay, well, what do we do? Because think about it, if they wouldn't have been able to get the buyout from OKC to get Kemba, who's the starting point guard going into the year? Would, would it have been Burks? Would you have put Rose in there? Would you have just inserted Emmanuel quickly and hope for the best? I mean, who knows what would happen? happened? You know, that's, you know, that's uh, like the great unknown.
1: What, what about you? Somebody I've wanted for years and years and years in the Knicks, and I, he's almost been forgotten about this year. It was uh, tragic. Is mm-hmm. is he expendable at, at, at the Raptors? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's getting much go at all. I mean, well, oh, but I they think got Van
0: Vliet, I, and I think they like Malachi Flynn. You know, yeah. so I think I, he's I a would fantastic imagine. player.
1: Yeah. I, I, I know, I know that he was supposed to go to the Mavs, you know, to team up with Doncic. But so maybe, maybe they'll they'll try and get him that way. But yeah, he he's somebody that could be a kind of steadying the ship a little bit. But I don't know he, get he does
0: what Tibbs likes. You know, he can shoot and he you know he takes the ball to the basket. He's an excellent passer.
1: So, and he's a smart player. That's the mm-hmm. I think this team, this team over the last year or two, has done well, but it lacks that kind of that basketball IQ. I think, and he's he's a super smart player. Uh, I really like him, but I don't know. Um, it, I'm just trying to think. There's really not much out there, but maybe he's getting. I don't know.
0: Yeah, at that point, I think ultimately the ultimate answer is: Is Emmanuel quickly going to be your point guard? of the future and if that if you if the answer is yes then you're just you're getting these guys like to a lesser degree about Derrick Rose as well to kind of just keep the spot warm for him until he's fully ready and I think eventually come the 40-50 game mark that's that's something Tibbs is going to have to reckon with and he has said recently that you know there if the intensity doesn't increase and if the performance doesn't increase he's going to continue to make changes what what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, does that mean benching Mitch or benching benching RJ or giving Grimes more minutes? I mean, who knows?
1: You know, the guys the guys are madman. But well, you know, he's gonna do well, whatever he I, wants. I was sorry, I was gonna ask about what do you think the plan is for Rose going into the season? What do you think the plan was from and what do you I, think the
0: plan is from I just thought that they're they're very content with him being that anchor off the bench. They're just the, the they're being hmm. their sixth man. A lot of people disagree. They think that he's still capable of being a starter. But I just think he's he's okay playing 25, max 30 minutes a night, you know, just uh, contributing in that manner. But sh- could he still start? Probably.
1: But uh, I'm not sure if that's ever been part of the plan. I mean, it, it doesn't make- have to be like 30, 40 minutes a night. It could just be, right. you know, same minutes, but just start. Yeah. Do you think it could be
2: reversed? The thing that you start rows – and get Burks and quickly the second line, second unit. Oh, yeah, that definitely could work. But you know, they and... did it. I mean, they did it with uh, the, the the Hawks series last year. Mm-hmm. But this year we go you go with starting Burks. I mean, Burks is playing amazingly, so I get that he's playing better than Rose. He played better than Rose the last few few weeks, so I get that he got the nod and Rose was injured as well. So you
0: no, know, that's a really good point, Rafa. Rose said, like at times is like kind of looked a little sloppy this year. You know, I know he's still like, you know, one of our best players. You know, probably our second best player on the team, beyond behind Randall, I would say. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's had moments. But, but yeah, I mean, starting him makes sense. Especially it all depends on how much Tibbs trusts quickly. I mean, that's that's really the the thing. Like I know he trusts Burks, but he would uh, he likes having quickly with Burks because, or quickly with Rose, excuse me, because, you know, he trusts Rose to keep like quickly on the right path and check it. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't matter. It's like, does he still, does he feel like Alec Burks can still do that? You know, he has ultimate trust in both Rose and Taj, you know, just because he's played with them and coached them for God knows how many years now. So. um, I mean,
1: it's, it's like this obsession with keeping Rose and IQ together. But then everybody's like, "We'll put IQ into the starting lineup. Well, if you're going to split them up, then why not put Rose in? Do you know? I, I don't really get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it, that could be one of the decisions he makes. I mean, honestly, it probably is going to be the decision he makes because when he had to make a decision last year in the playoffs, that was a decision.
2: But, it wasn't to
0: start Burks. It was to start Rose. So yeah, if but, it yeah. continues to be bad. That could be the path,
2: but if he does it now, doesn't it sound like a demotion to to Burks? I mean, yeah, that, he doesn't. That, 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 that's what I man. It's a tough. I've, it's a tough position now. Yeah, I, I
1: I just I just wondered why when they when they dumped Kemba, I would have thought the first person tips would have gone to was somebody they knew, trusted inside and out at that position, to steady the ship. You know, like <laughs> the if he if he was going to do it, he probably would have done it. Before, you know, straight after Kemba got dumped. So it doesn't sound like it's something that's in the plans, but I I don't know. It would have made sense to me. I don't know why nobody seemed to be calling for it. Everybody was talking about put quickly in, put Burks in. It was like, well, what about Rose? There's a guy that they say you know exactly what you're getting from him. So, yeah. I don't know if if
2: Noel and Mitch kept being uh, well, fit. I don't know if Noel didn't become uh, became a starter as as well because when he played healthy minutes, I mean, without getting injured for two di- two games straight on, he was playing, and for me, better than Mitch defensively. I'm I mean, getting to the
0: point where I'm thinking that Noel should be the starter. If I mean, offensively, he can't
2: yeah. he can't catch a ball, man. He it's amazing you you pass him to Noel and he can't catch a ball offensively. I mean, <laughs> come on. But defensively, he's more active. He's quicker.
1: I think he's. A, I'm not the. I'm not the. the biggest Noel fan. Got to admit, he, he's not. He's not a great rebounder as much. He can't catch the, the ball. Look,
0: Alex. According to Clyde, he is a reincarnation of Bill Russell. So I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. need you to put some respect oh, on there, yeah. Lynn's Noel's team. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: By the way, <laughs> man, I, lo- we... I love Clyde, but that's uh
2: that a little Mitch. Seeing Mitch move around with those ankle bracelets, huge ankle bracelets that clearly he can't move his feet properly. It, it hurts him as well. I mean, yeah. you, if you if you see him run, his uh, his ankles don't, don't move. They like he's like like a robot, just feet down. <laughs> I mean,
1: it kind of hurts him as well. And his extra weight up top as well, so. It's he keeps on going through
0: sneakers and, like, he's he's always messing up shoes, you know, so. That's know. not
1: comfortable as well. Yeah. I'd rather look to Taj in the short term for that until Mitch gets himself sorted.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to be another, like, question mark moving forward because if they can't work out an extension and, you know, they maybe they look at it like, well, we got this guy, Jericho Sims, it's going to be super cheap for the next few years. What's the drop-off really? You know, and right now it doesn't seem that much outside of the fact that Jericho doesn't know what the hell he's doing offensively under the basket. <laughs> uh, like you ever see like he catches the ball and he's just like he's like shocked that he caught the ball, you know, and he just doesn't know what to do with it. So he like he ends up like waiting a couple seconds and forcing up a bad shot. Or he, like, you know, just dumps it back out to Julius or whatever. Uh, um, I, so, I
1: know the exactly you're talking about,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know exactly what I mean, yeah. So I, I think so he's a good Omar, player, I think he's a good player. You,
2: but... You're talking like that, of, uh, like that about Mitch. Do mm-hmm. you think that coming to the right time, the package to another team will be including Mitch first? It'll be you have Mitch here, yeah, yeah, I think Mitch, so. Kemba, Knox, yeah. and whoever they want to do. Uh, I mean, I don't know, picks. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, is that enough to get you like a star player? Probably not, but you know, it's all a point could, guard. Yeah, I mean, if you could sell the, here's a big man that's young, and probably won't cost a, a ton of money. Probably only cost you a Robert Williams contract or less. And here's here's Knox, who could turn into a, a, a rotation piece, and you got a name in Kemba Walker to help sell you some tickets. You know, so maybe you could convince like a small market team to to get rid of a point guard.
1: Yeah, the chat was a bit Miles Turner. I thought that was interesting.
0: I don't know. You guys sold on him uh, as a Nick. I'm no, not, not I'm really, a big fan. Yeah.
1: Not, Why would the really. Pacers trade
2: Miles Turner for Mitch?
0: It'd be only if they really coveted Knox, which I don't think anyone does. So, like, if they lo- they looked at it as, all right, this is a guy who can who could be our seventh, eighth guy off the bench, hit some key shots. Uh, Knox's problem is he doesn't play defense, you know, the, like you could sell people on the athleticism offensively, you could sell people on the shooting because he does shoot it well, but he doesn't play defense, he's very, very low defensive IQ, so you need you need a team that believes in in the fact that he can be maybe like a rotation piece building block, you know, like that he could be like a Desmond Bain is in Memphis, for example you know, just like a guy who could hit shots and, you know, and, and just be a good piece. But let's uh, put a pin in that for now and let's go into uh, recapping our uh, our game picks and Charity Bet from the previous week.
1: Okay. Um, so, I mean, Charity Bet-wise, <sighs> we, we, did leave it a lot, we did leave it a little bit late this week. And when I looked at the games, I thought I'm really struggling to pick one game out of this. Yeah. <laughs> the I was fairly sure. I ended, up, I ended up going for the Bulls plus three against the Nets, but I was very unsure about it because it was in, it was in, in Brooklyn. But that one actually came in, thankfully, <laughs> although two teams I obviously despise. But, yeah, we also had the Clippers minus one against the Kings. The, the Kings have picked up a bit, but still you'd expect the Clippers to win. That, that, line, low,
0: that line felt so weird. You know, yeah. I was like, I looked at it when when we when you had sent them, and I was like, Clippers only minus one. You know, that was. That uh,
2: that I was like, like a, what's up with that? Yeah. Who would have Bojo thought Bojo. that uh, yeah. Luke Walton was the problem?
1: No, <laughs>
0: everybody thought that. I think we, we all, we all, all three of us knew how how trash he was.
1: Yeah. Well, they replaced so, him with Gentry
0: now, right? Alvin Gentry's the new coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a good
1: coach. Yeah. And um, we also had the Mavs minus four and a half to beat the Grizzlies, not realizing that Doncic was out, so we didn't have Doncic or Porzingis, so they got absolutely smoked. So Grizzlies have picked up a bit as well. Sharon Jackson's playing. Did you
0: see that stat that they had? They had like, I think it was uh, over a course of three or four games, one of the first teams in NBA history to have wire the wire wins in multiple games like that, where they never trailed in any of those games. It was like that one game where they set the record for margin of victory against Oklahoma City, and then the game against the Mavs, they never trailed as well. So they've been, yeah, very impressive. They have a lot of
1: good Actually, if you do want to make ourselves better, there was also the OKC result the other day, where they they lost by the, was it 55 points or something like that? No, they they, they lost
0: by like 70.
1: It
0: was 70, was it? Yeah, because I think the final was one fifty two to seventy nine. Well, maybe
1: I just saw the fifty and that <laughs> was. Well, oh my god! Yeah. So yeah, speaking of bad nights, man. Charity, but, Jesus. Jesus. Did we, we had a good
2: money. night? Charity bets <laughs> Yeah. you <laughs> have
0: come close so, a couple times.
2: I mean, at the end of this, the charity will give us money. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll approach the charity and say can you lend us some money please so we can put some more we're, trying, we're trying we're <laughs> trying right so on to the predictions quickly so omar is going to be a, have a wee bit of he's he's due a, a gloat. Um, he's had such a tough season so i'm going straight to omar here he got uh, eight out of ten correct finally he, one of the ones you got wrong was that the mavs losing to the pelicans <laughs> Which we all put, obviously. That was a shocker, that one. And uh, you had the Pacers to beat the Heat, which I had as well. So, yeah, can't argue with that because it was in Indiana. Pacers have been playing well. Heat have got a lot of injury problems. So, can't argue with that. So, well done for that one. So, eight points because you missed your doubler in the mouth. So, I got pathetic four out of 10. (laughs) So an an off week for me and Rafa did just a little bit better five five out of 10 so yeah tough week for us uh, but yeah it's leveled it up a little bit so um Omar with 34 points for the season I've got 37 and Rafa has broken 40 so he's got 40 points so uh, a gap of 3 points uh, in each case so oh, yeah not bad. It's starting not to get bad. good awesome awesome yeah I'm I was starting just to glad. feel I... sorry for you a little bit Omar yeah, I know, just I know. A, just a tiny I needed, bit.
0: But... Yeah, I needed a little bit of uh a yeah, little we, bit of positivity coming my way, I guess, yeah. you know.
2: Me and Alex had a a, a, a chat, uh ah, let's miss them on purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Make it. me
0: feel good, yeah. 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 Well, I I was I was feeling confident because one of the games was um, the night before. Obviously, it was the San Antonio uh, Portland game, mm. and uh, you know I, I ended up picking the Spurs, and they they won. And um, I was like, oh, maybe maybe something. Maybe I have a, a good week coming here. But but yeah, glad it's like not so lopsided now. So so it makes save myself a little bit of face, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> let's uh. Uh, let's go into um, the uh, the week ahead. Um, so. Four games until we record our next pod. Tuesday, we are in San Antonio, in a, kind of a weird back to back. Yeah, I thought going so. to Indiana uh, right mm. after being done in San Antonio. Uh, then Friday, we are at Toronto, face the Raptors, and then Sunday we have an early tip against the Bucks. All right, guys, what do we think?
1: I mean, a few weeks ago, that would uh, that would look like quite an easy <laughs> easy schedule. Certainly yeah. for the first three games, all three teams have picked up. Especially Spurs. Spurs are playing yeah. really well. Pacers have been playing a lot better too. Raptors, we've said before, we hate playing the Raptors. It's just one of those games that they all seem to play well against us. And then, obviously, the Bucks are the Bucks They're absolutely they flying at the minute. Although, Janis uh, has been out a couple of games here and there. So, mm-hmm. I think that's, <laughs> that's our best hope that he stays injured. So, yeah. I think I went for one... One two last week, then which I thought was negative <laughs> it ended up being more um, positive with, actually. Would have yeah. taken that, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll go, I'll go two, I'll go two two this week.
0: Okay, um, Rafa,
2: what you got? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Two two. Uh, uh I went full confidence last week, three and zero. Oh. I uh, yeah, got the numbers reversed. <laughs> so I don't know this week, man. Two and uh, that. I don't see us getting that. Uh, the, the Spurs game will be a tough game, like uh, Alex said, and the next night playing the Pacers at Indiana. Uh, no, not, not at Indiana. It's, it's home, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, playing the Pacers the next night after uh, it going, is in
0: Indiana, by the way, Rob. It's
2: always yeah, a in, in, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, true, yeah. So going from San Antonio to Indiana. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That second game will probably be, be tired because it's Tibbs, so they'll play forty. 50 minutes per game. I don't see us winning the game against the Pacers and the Raptors and Bucks are, to me, our coin tosses to see how we play, basically. And I mean, two and two, maybe one and three, but two and two, let's skip it. 500.
1: I think, yeah, I I think we could win that game against the Spurs. I I hope for a reaction after that game Hmm. and yesterday and, and I'm hoping that that's going to be enough to, to kind of push them on. But so if we could nick that game, I don't expect us to win the second night of a back-to-back like that. And then hopefully we owe the, owe the Raptors one. So I'm going for Raptors and Spurs wins, and then the other two, dropping the other two. For
0: me, I'm going to align with you guys as well. Two and two is what I'm thinking. This team has a way of surprising us with good performances after we think they're dead in the water, I've noticed. And so I think uh, I think they'll they'll have a bounce back against San Antonio. And I think they could probably beat Toronto, but Indiana, and Milwaukee feel like losses to me right now. So but I think I think like much like when we played the Suns and I think we all were kind of in agreement that that was probably going to be a loss. This Milwaukee game feels like that to me where, you know, it's there. They got through their injury bug and. They're playing really well. You're talking about probably the best or at worst the second best team in the East. So, you know, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, If we could sneak one from Indiana, that'd be great. I mean, that's possible. But like you mentioned, Alex, they've been playing very well lately. Uh, Carlisle's got them, got them playing good over there. And um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, in San Antonio, I mean, DeJounte Murray has been on a turn on a tear lately and he's looking really good. Uh, Devin Vassell, who's a, Player, I really wanted the Knicks to get in that draft when they got Obi. Uh, he's really uh, improved his game his second year here. So uh, we'll see. You know, for I think it's our first game against the Spurs this year, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it, so. maybe they should call up uh, you know, Luca from the uh, G League. You know, get get a revenge game.
1: He's playing but, good as well. He's, yeah, playing yeah, good. he's
0: he's been him and McBride have been tearing it up in G League. You know, they yeah. gotta they gotta compete with the Warriors uh, G League affiliate. Now that they got Clay and Wiseman playing over there, but uh, yeah, G League super team. But (laughs) um, all right. So that is going to wrap us up for this week's episode, guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the podcast. If you like the podcast, please make sure to subscribe. We are all on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, so on and so on. If you'd like to keep up with us, on, with us on Twitter, please give us a follow at podcast. If you would like to join us to be a guest, we are definitely uh, open to that. DMs are wide open for that. So give us a follow, shoot us a DM, and talk some Knicks with us. Uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Worldwide Knicks. And we'll catch you guys on the next one.